Thank you for joining in this session uh, of, of another podcast that I put together for uh, more or less a Bible study, Sunday school, however you're listening to it, whatever it may be. Well, it may be a ride from home to somewhere or somewhere to home, at your home, or whatever it may be. Thank you for joining just to listen in. Our last and final study, I thought we were uh, going on to the second of our study in this in this book. However, we're still uh, in the last phase of living with hope in a broken world. I uh, hope that some of these podcasts have help bring out a hope for you. It is a um, more or less difficult time in our world, which way or however you see it. Uh, some people call the the end of times because of what's going on, but we definitely don't know that. Uh, we do know that we have a God that is loving and merciful. And that's what we'll touch base uh, this morning of uh, the culmination uh, of our hope, um, and I looked up that word, studied a little bit the culmin- the culmination of our hope. Uh, definition of culmination is the highest point of, or especially as attained after a long time, which our highest point of our hope uh, is in God and what Jesus done for us, uh, Christ, what He is for us as Christians. Uh, and how we can put that together to <clears throat> have hope in anything that we deal with in this world, whether it may be um, sufferings, tribulation, uh, whatever it may be, uh, we can always point back to Christ to help us through uh, these these things. So with that said, let's get into our study. Let's see, uh, we'll be in First Peter a uh, continuance of that uh, to to go from here to our others. First uh, Peter chapter five verses. Well, we'll be in the second part of five, uh, verse five through uh, verse eleven this morning. But in that passage, Peter knew that the believers who lived in Asia Minor or modern Turkey were facing attacks from their non-believing neighbors. Now these attacks were. Uh, apparently not yet physical as they were going to be, but they were still causing much pain and suffering. And so we see a lot of people go through that. We see a lot of people go through pain and suffering just from what somebody says, just from what somebody has done to another individual and does not have to lay a hand on them, period. But as they were causing this pain and suffering, Peter urged his fellow Christians to stand firm and their living hope, and remain faithful to God. He concluded his letter with more specific guidance and encouragement. And that's what we need to look at, our encouragement, our guidance, that leads us to the highest point of our hope in Jesus Christ. But the point um, out of this whole, whole lesson here this morning is that what we hope for in Christ will one day be fully attained. Well... That could be the coming of Christ, or that could be us going home to heaven, whichever point happens, but it will be fully attained. So with that, let's go to our studies here, and it begins off with a question here. When has a destination been well worth the journey? 
you may have been to a place that takes a long, long, long time to get there. Well, after that longful trip to there, it was well worth the journey, whether it be, shows a picture of the beach, uh, and it's always nice to go to, I like to go to the mountains, but for me, the, the destination that I've been that was well worth the journey is to the Philippines. Uh, when we went on a mission trip to the Philippines, it took many, 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 many hours, I think 15 total uh, flying, flying, not, not uh, stopping, flying over to the Philippines, going through uh, a couple of destinations to get there, and and I think it took that much coming back from the Philippines, but it was all worth it. Had a great time, saw God do great, great works while we were over there. Um, saw him doing a lot of things through crusades that we had in villages, giving people uh, necessities and uh, preaching to them, uh, sharing the word of God to them. It was just a wonderful time. It was definitely, definitely well worth that journey. But with that, uh, in the connection here, perspective is the key or is key in determining how a person responds to life events. If a person is completely invested in this life alone, the response to the inevitable trials and tribulations of Life is often anger, sorrow, and despair. Because the Christian is invested in the eternal life, in the kingdom of God, that is to come. He is, or he or she has hope, knowing that the trials of this life are only temporary and will one day give way to a life of eternal joy and peace. Because nothing on this earth is going to be here anymore it's only temporary for us we, we know our hope is way 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 larger than anything of this earth but again we'll be in first peter chapter 5 verses or the ending of first 5 through 11 uh, but just think about this think about our our future hope in this in christ and our assurance we have with that hope in Him. So First Peter, we're going to start off with verses, the end of verse 5 and go through verse 7 here. Be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and give grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for he careth for you. Great, great words Peter was telling people here. He employed a <clears throat> most unique word, which um, we translate into English as, or as be clothed. It's the only time we see this particular word used in the New Testament. And it describes the apron worn by slaves. Slaves wore this apron over their outer garments and it distinguished them from those who were free. Peter was commissioning believers to take up humility like the garment of a slave. A lot of, a lot of uh, the problematic 
um, wording of slave is being brought out uh, way too far now uh, in our uh, world today. But you got to have humility. And that's what people are not understanding with the humility of being a slave, slave to sin. Everybody thinks that um, certain uh, how slaves are as slaves to another individual, but it's more, way more broad than that. We're slaves to sin. And Peter was saying, hey, uh, you have humility uh, to to distinguish yourself away from this, but like a garment of a slave to to know that you look differently. Now, you look differently because you don't want to be in sin. You don't want to be around sin. You don't want to like sin. You want to be that different. You want to be something that is separate from sin. But, and, and he, he went on further to discuss this humility because of pride prideful nature uh pride can be very very dangerous in in a christian walk uh it's already um it wouldn't it, it's you can see pride in another individual very fairly quickly because of what it is but what's the uh, what's the difference between taking pride and being prideful taking pride and being prideful well, humility, humility acknowledges that none of those gifts could have come from our own hand, rather that they are a gift of grace from a powerful, loving Father who cares deeply for us. The gifts of what we have in life, life itself, comes from our Father in heaven. And it's nothing that uh, we do for ourselves. Yeah, you can have... Um, things that you give to yourself from somebody else or or to yourself but the ultimate gifts is what he's talking about here but in this position of humble surrender to god we yield all our cares and anxieties to him and the only way we can do that is know him know who he is and the only way we can do that is to study god's word pray to god and understand what what it means for us to have a loving father as much as he loves us we humbly acknowledge we can do nothing about those things that burden us but the one who cares for us can it's something yes we can do temporary relief in this world we can if it whether we be sick or whether we have uh an issue here or there there's temporary fixes but the ultimate fix we know God can take care of. And even the the not-so-temporary stuff, something uh, that might be problematic, might be a sickness or, or, or health, that God takes care of. He cares for us that so much. But we got to acknowledge that as we can really do nothing about it, He can. Humility, though, is not our ultimate state. Uh, one day when God's kingdom has fully come, we will be exalted. We will be lifted up by the grace of God. It is something that, but he care he cares for us. Is ending in that uh, you know Peter said, "For he careth for you." 
which uh, he he sees this from Psalms, Psalms fifty five twenty two. But the basic idea is that God was concerned about the welfare of Christians. Worry is not not only the evidence of a refusal to be, uh, belief in God's power. Worry is also a sign that we don't trust His His love and trust Him for who he is. Um, worry is something that is detrimental to not only to our spiritual walks, but to our, our health. And Peter says, he careth for you. We got to lift it up to him. Yes, these Christians were suffering and would probably have to suffer in the worst ways. And God, in his sovereignty, was allowing these bad things to happen to them. But God's primary motivation was and always is his love he warned them or he wanted them to become more holy loving and more obedient to christ and to experience his kind of joy that he can offer a joy that we can never put our own selves in by the pleasures of this world it's a joy uh, that surpasses all through him Whatever happened, they could be certain about God's love for them. It was never going away, and it's never going away for us even today. But when we humble ourselves, God exalts us. And, and in the next verses through uh, verses 8 through 9, we also see that when we resist Satan, we can remain firm in the midst of suffering. Uh, no matter what, no matter how low the valley is for us, God is there with us. And we can resist the devil through this temptations to get um, um, from the midst of suffering. So First Peter 5, 8 and 9 here. Uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, as confident as we are of God's love, we can also be certain one primary sources of our pain and suffering is the devil. However, our faith in our sovereign God can enable us to overcome the devil and his schemes. We can remain confident of his defeat and our victory. The victory is already won. He's already been defeated. We must not be passive in the regards to our enemy. We know who we got to know who he is, what he's about, what he's here to do. We'll be sober, be vigilant. Even as we humble ourselves before God, we should also be ready and watchful. We should gr should not grow lax or underestimate. We should not be complacent in the fierceness of of the enemy. Peter described the devil with the vivid, vivid image of one who is strong, loud, and relentless. Uh, certainly, these verses weren't intended to scare us, but to wake us up. We need to know. We need to understand. The battle is raging. The enemy is real. The, de the days are evil, and the time is short. We can't afford to take a nap while Satan is on the prowl. We can't turn the blind eye, per se, to to see to not 
pay attention to what the devil is doing to us in this in, in today's society. He's tearing us apart. I would say little by little, but it's not little by little no more. It's a worldly effect, and we got to uh, we got to understand who the devil is. Understand what he's here to do. Understand what he's doing. Why he's here. Yeah, he wants to break us apart. But how would you describe the way the devil works in our culture today? Whether it may be a pandemic that's going on, whether it may be politics that is tearing us apart or something that is uh, historical uh, facts that is being utilized to uh, make indifferences whatever it may be the devil is so big in the works that he wants to tear us apart in the way and the only way we can see it is to know about him and that through God's word but what people are not realizing is he's already defeated he's a defeated foe and we can utilize this to help ourselves with a hope that is way far greater than he will ever be. But when faced with persecution or trials or difficult days, uh, we need to be reminded that we're not alone. Other members of the body of Christ are experiencing even more severe sufferings around the world. Uh, and when I say this, if you look at other countries... Uh, do a search on the persecuted church and you'll see some information that is, is uh, quite, uh, I won't say fascinating, but it is, it is something that we need to pay attention to because uh, we may say that, oh yeah, we're facing this persecution, but there, there's far more greater numbers here that proves this persecution that shows that what Christians are going through in the world now this is something this is some uh facts here that has been brought to to from a search uh, and this is every month on average monthly of what these people are going through 359 Christians are killed for faith related reasons around the world 359 every month. 154 churches and Christian buildings are burned or attacked every month around the world. 262 Christians are detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned around the world. This is every month on the month on average. Uh, some places experience higher numbers. This is just average of the world. But we can see even this being the case in our own country, these numbers. Uh, if you do, if you do the research on it, you, you'll see this is something that is not, um, it's not something that is a myth. It is factual information of what people are being killed for, places being burned or attacked. I mean, you see it all the time. And as we become aware of the persecuted church around the world, um, we got to turn that knowledge into prayer. We need to pray for the persecuted church around the world, the persecuted Christians around the world, and not allowing their stories to merely stir in our emotions, but let them push us to action through our intercession. What we can do for Christians around the world or for other people, for that matter, 
to where they can learn, they can understand, where they can know that there is a loving Father that cares so much that He sent His only Son to die on a cross to defeat this. It's already defeated, but we got to get the information out. But in the next verses, as we get close to the end, we also learn that when we have suffered a little while, God will restore us to His eternal glory. A glory that it has nothing, nothing compared a uh, comparison to what is on this earth. And we'll be in, these are last verses of 10 and 11 here. But the God, but the God, our God, all of grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make ye perfect, establish, strengthen, settle ye. To him be the glory and domination or dominion forever and ever. Amen. Gives us glory by Jesus Christ. That he will make us perfect, establish, strengthen us. No more suffering, no more pain through what he can do for us. So some highlights right here. Of this right here we look at the actions of God that Peter stacks like a building block upon the firm foundation of our hope in Christ Jesus of what he done for us he is our Savior with us wherever we go four things here he makes you perfect he establishes you strengthens you and settles you God is able to Per, uh, make us perfect and mend anything that we may, may need in repair. God himself will set us right so that nothing is lacking as he shapes us into the image of his son. And once he has restored you, God gives us a firm foundation under our feet as we live out our salvation in a manner worthy of the gospel. He strengthens us by uh, of his word as it comes from a root word meaning strength in our weakness God exhibits his strength through us what he does God has laid the foundation of our lives with Jesus himself as our cornerstone Jesus used the same word when he described the wise man building his house on a solid rock foundation thus enabling it to withstand the rains and rising waters and winds. That's the things that the building blocks for our hope in Christ. Two words shine like bright beams and light, or of light, in any darkness and difficulty, a while. With a view of eternity, any suffering experience in the short, is short and has an end. It will not last forever, and it will not overshadow the whole of our lives with Christ. It will not last forever. How does your hope for eternity influence your everyday life? That's something we got to think about. Do we, um, even myself, I have to uh, sit down and think, you know, uh, I could let this situation overcome me and have worry, fear, uh, anger, uh, as we was talking about at the first uh, of this lesson here. But 
knowing that our hope is in Christ and will be fully attained by not having these sufferings anymore, how does that how does that help us in our daily life? I know that you know I have to sit back and uh, you know get into the Word, get into a study to to help me, and that's what God's Word's for. Uh, is to help us, to guide us, to lead us, and uh, give us uh, this hope. But we already know our hope is in Christ, that we have uh, Him in our lives for us that's already defeated the victory, has already been won over sin and death. And we can utilize that for our everyday lives. But Peter ended this uh, with praise, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And the Greek term kratos, translated dominion, means the ability to display strength or power. And here emphasizes both God's sovereignty and uh, uh, omnipotence. Uh, Whatever sufferings believers may endure in this life, God's dominion guarantees us that nothing can separate us from His love. We see that in Romans 8. And nothing can stop God from carrying us through the trials and tribulations of his life, bringing us safely into eternal, eternal inheritance. Whatever we may go through, whatever we uh, do on this earth, if we have salvation, he brings us to an eternal inheritance that compares nothing of this world. But what will you do to maintain an eternal perspective regarding the blessed hope that is yours in Christ. Um, you can review what has taught you about hope and understand of hope and what its impact is on you and a hope in Christ. But you can also pray, uh, look back over First Peter 5, uh, 5 through 11 and use it to guide through prayer as you pray surrender to the Lord and his eternal purposes for your life uh, or help you get back on track through uh, maybe some trials and tribulations that you're going through today and get together with others other believers and pray together for the per- the persecuted church uh, all around the world Prayer is definitely needed because of what's going on today. People being persecuted just because they call themselves Christians. And some, as we saw the statistics, that are, are being killed on a, on a monthly basis in the hundreds um, because of uh, what's going on. But with a view of eternity, or a view to eternity, any suffering we experience is short and has an end. It will not last forever and it will not overshadow the world or, or overshadow the whole of our lives uh, with Christ. He is he's, he's here with us. He is our salvation. He is our guidance. Um, we know that He has already defeated the foe and that we can have hope in this. But this, this right here, this, this point of we, what we hope for in Christ will one day be fully attained that is something that uh, uh, helps us through our daily lives. And I hope that helps you uh, by uh, listening today, that I hope that helps you uh, during this time.
But that concludes our hope, living with hope in a broken world. And, I, and, and if there are struggles in your own life with living in a broken world and you find yourself uh, uh, with persecution, you find yourself with an easement of what's going on in today's uh, society with uh, pandemics, with fear, with worry. We see that worry is diminished with the hope that we have in Christ. So uh, I encourage you, I uh, 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 want you to get into another study that continues with either worry, anxiety, fear, whatever it may be, uh, to help continue to guide you. And again, if you do, just reread through this study, uh, and study daily about this to help you because of this working world. And continuing on to next week, uh, to encourage you for next week to get ready uh, before we get into our study, Why Do I Need the Church? Uh, we will have a quick study on how should I respond to politics. Uh, well, a little bit of information on this. Our country is deep into the election season, as you have seen on TV, radio, whatever it may be, social media. All 435 seats in Congress, 34 seats in the Senate, and of course the office of the president is up for election. Uh, add to that the state and local elections taking place. We're overrun with campaign ads, signs, and slogans, if you haven't noticed. And there are the endless political debates and discussions. I mean, if... Uh, uh, if you dare to even have a social media page, you will see this uh, notorious bombarding you at all times. The United States is deeply divided over important issues. It's, it's, it's terrible right now. Each side in the political arena is convinced that they are right. Consequently, consequently uh, passions run high, and unfortunately, the... Uh, debate is often less than civil. Uh, but we'll be in uh, Romans 13, and the Apostle Paul addressed our attitude and behavior toward government. And we definitely need his guidance in this election season. While Christians may uh, <clears throat> not like certain politicians, God calls us to respond based on him, not on emotion, but with actions that honor government and its leaders. Love for Christ and others is to permeate every word or every way we engage in and express ourselves in the political arena. That's what we will be going over. How should I respond to politics? So we'll get ready for that next week. Thank you for joining in this podcast again. Please share. Um, I have to tell everybody this is the Audible podcast. Uh, or I'm sorry about that. It is definitely audible, but Anchor app. Uh, if you download the Anchor app and search my name under Jacob Parson, you will see uh, my series on here, uh, my podcast, and please continue to join me uh, for the future ones. But I thank you for joining today. Uh, may you be blessed and uh, see you next week.